Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, whenever you might be joining us. Uh, we are the three on the scene, um, members of the Tulsa World Scene section here to talk about uh, what's going on uh, in and around Tulsa. Um, I'm here with um, my colleagues, the lovely and talented Grace Woods. Wood, I'm sorry, there's, there's only one of you. Uh, <laughs> And the equally lovely and talented Jimmy Trammell. My name is Jim Watts. Um, and I don't know about you all, but uh, this morning, for the first time in months, I saw a robin, which I believe is the first sign of spring. Um, and I think, Grace, you know about the second sign of spring that's about to happen. Yeah. So I, have either of you gotten the chance to visit the Tulsa Botanic Garden before? <laughs> um, almost. almost almost what happened um, um i was to go on something of a family outing someone thought that it'd be wonderful to spend new year's day because that was the last day they're going to do the the lights mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you all remember what new year's day was like but it was sleet and about 20 degrees and so we all, thinking that it would be open, drove out there and got to there, got to the gate and they had it locked and said, sorry, we're closed for the weather. So that's as close as I've been. I've got to the gate. So wow. I guess there's they, more they than, I guess fried they, okra there. Is that true? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to assume that you have the real details in, since I, since I think fried okra's grown there and James has almost been there. <laughs> better picture. Yeah, so I haven't gotten the chance to go out there yet, but now I'm dying to because I just spoke to Lori Hudson, and she's like the director of communications and outreach for the garden. And they just have so much cool stuff coming up for the spring, like after the winter time when they haven't been able to do as much. So they've got a ton of different classes happening and they're gonna teach you how to make your own wildflower garden at home and grow vegetables, which is super cool. And the key to these classes is that they're teaching you how to grow these plants indoors at home. And then they'll also prepare you to transfer them outdoors when the weather gets a little warmer. And then they can just be plants that you keep up with and maintain for a long time. So it's a great thing. And then, Something super interesting that they have in the works right now is their upcoming display of tulips that's going to be blooming in mid-March. They planted almost 55,000 tulips from Holland, which is crazy. And they're gonna be in like a variety of colors and a bunch of different patterns and designs. And I think that'll be like a really great thing to see. So um, I think it's gonna be a really cool place to go this spring, like with family or friends or like on a date with someone. And they're about to start allowing dogs on the second Saturdays of each month. So I think that's pretty exciting. So, yeah. Well, the, these, these classes about uh, how to grow your own particular plants, are these, uh, do you know if they're dealing primarily with native plants or is that one of the focus of, of, of these classes? Yeah, a lot of native plants. And what I forgot to mention too is that most of the seeds that they're going to be distributing to the participants are gathered from the garden in plants that they've been growing for a long time. So they'll harvest the old seeds and then distribute them, distribute them out to people who are taking the classes. So 
it's kind of a cool thing that they're keeping those plants going. 55,000 tulips? <laughs> yes, they have been hard at work. There's over 30 different species of tulips too, I believe. So it's going to be like a crazy display. So we'll definitely have to send a photographer out there when it comes time. Well, that's, I mean, I mean, that's all well and good, but I remember my, uh, my late mother-in-law wanting to plant uh, tulips uh, in, in, in her yard. And if the squirrels left behind one of the bulbs, <laughs> she felt that she had triumphed over nature. So <laughs> I, I wonder, I, I, I wonder how many of these 55,000 uh, tulip bulbs have been a snack for the squirrel population out there, but oh we'll hope for the best. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll the best. Um, let's see, um, while spring is in the air, I think there's still something winter related coming uh, to town later, uh, maybe this week, Jimmy? Are you going spring to Springsteen? Is that what you're doing? Well, actually, I was going to winter jam or whatever Winter jam okay we can come back to spring we can come back to spring no, friday's tulsa world we'll have an interview with uh john skillet john skillet how about that john cooper the front man for uh skillet the christian rock band not john cooper with red dirt rangers not john cooper the former tulsa football coach uh who went to arizona state and ohio state john cooper with skillet in case you're wondering about all the john coopers and uh, he's a really interesting guy in that he's a pop culture aficionado in, in addition to fronting a rock band. Uh, he has Marvel tattoos uh, all over his body. So we talked about uh, Star Wars. We talked about the latest Spider-Man movie in addition to their new album. So it's kind of a wide-ranging interview. And he did not like the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Spider No Way Home, as much as other people did. And after reading his uh, opinion on why that is, I, I can't say I disagree with him. What, what, what's one of the points that he made, not having seen the film? One of the things he didn't like the, about the earlier Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield was there was too much crying Spider-Man. And crying Spider-Man is not his favorite. And we get crying Spider-Man in the movie. Um. Crying Spider-Man. <laughs> Would would would, would 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 how about you, Grace? Are you are you into crying Spider-Man or? Honestly, I'm not really into Spider-Man at all. I don't really, I haven't really kept up with it. But I know a lot of my friends are really into it. But I just, it's never really been my jam. I'm more of a Batman person. Ah, so that's coming up in a couple of months with uh, uh, Robert Pattinson. Yep. <laughs> Star Wars appears to be generational. Um, and we talked about uh, Star Wars with John Cooper from Skillet. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, even though uh, we all graduated a couple of years apart, you know, two, three, uh, Spider-Man has this thing, not Spider-Man, Star Wars has this thing where it appeals broadly to all generations. It has whatever going for it, it does that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 th I think especially the... <clears throat> If you start with what will always be to me the first film, <laughs> none of this episode four business, uh, it's easy to get uh, caught up in it because it really is a very pure kind of story. Um, 
that even um, that any age can, can understand what's going on. You know the good guys, you know the bad guys. Um, and it, it has all of that uh, hero's journey uh, quality to it that, uh, and, and I think that's what, uh, that's something that some of the, the later films kind of lost. Um, they were trying to fill in too much backstory and, 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 and the like. And so, and so I think a lot of people hold on to re-experiencing that jolt of the unassuming good guy coming out on top, you know. Mark Hamill in the first film does not cut a terribly swashbuckling figure, but he's the one who saves the planet or the galaxy or, or, or whatever. So that I think, I, personally, I think that's one of the appeals of, of Star Wars is, is people are hoping that it continues that, that sense of, of the, the innocence and purity of it. So, but I could be wrong. I have been in the past. So, uh, well, since we've talked about winter, let's talk about spring. You're going to spring something on us this Sunday, I believe. Um, it's already live on the web. Uh, okay. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, there's a Bruce, you know, Woody Guthrie Center in Tulsa really gets some nice touring exhibits. And the next one will be uh, Bruce Springsteen Live, a collection of artifacts and uh, other items from Bruce Springsteen's amazing career. He's a former recipient of the Woody Guthrie Prize, so it's not a new thing for him to be connected with that museum. And uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with We Are the World. I mean, we are the world, us three, but <laughs> We Are the World with Bruce Springsteen. I remain completely fascinated by that all-star collection of musicians and the song. So to me, that's, that's my favorite Bruce Springsteen is, is not so much even born in the USA Bruce Springsteen, but We Are the World Bruce Springsteen. Have any of you seen him? Have any of you seen him perform live, Grace? I have not. <laughs> I, you know, you hear legendary. I've never seen him live. You? I have. Okay. Nineteen seventy nine, which dates me, uh, at the Lloyd Noble Arena in Norman, part of the Darkness on the Edge of Town tour. Show. No opening act started at eight. It was 12.15 when they finally turned the lights up. Four hours and 15 minutes, no break. And I remember at about the three hour mark, uh, he comes to the microphone and they're doing all some, this in instrumental flourish and he grabs the microphone and yells, somebody stop me before I hurt myself. And then he goes into another song. It was incredible. I, the thing of it is, I was living in Tulsa at the time and had to be at uh, school the next day at 7.30. I get back home at like four in the morning <laughs> and then have to get up and go, 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 go. But it was, it was, it was incredible. The, the, uh, just the energy that they had from the from the get go. It it's it's an experience, and uh, I remember a quote by uh, Jackson Brown, who uh, 
in his early days, I mean, if he shuffled his feet twice, that was really active for him. And he, he, he talked about seeing Springsteen in concert and saying, that reminds me what it means to rock. Mm. And so, so that's, I'll, I'll be interested to see that. And, and you're right, the Woody Guthrie, they, they get some fascinating uh, sh- uh, exhibits there. The one they had recently about the women in country music was really, really, really good. So My first was four years later, same venue, Journey with Brian Adams. Uh, Grace, your first concert was? Janet Jackson. <laughs> oh, it could be okay a, f- a few years ago. Um, yeah, when was yeah. that? Yeah, probably. Well, I guess Janet Jackson, if you don't count when I saw Elmo live. Okay. <laughs> probably about 2000 or 2001. But yeah, the first concert I really remember was Janet Jackson. And uh, quite a performance. I think I, I think I saw that and referred to it as the danciest concert I'd ever seen. It was much, much activity. Yeah, nothing if not dancing. <laughs> yeah. First well, concert, I'm, James? I, w- I want to hear about Elmo Live. <laughs> <laughs> I think if my memory serves me, it might have actually been Elmo Live on Ice, <laughs> which is oh, well. quite quite a performance but it, it beats the heck out of elmo dead on ice you know elmo live on ice <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> well <clears throat> actually my, my first rock concert was that bruce springsteen concert okay there you go although well I, the very first concert i went to though oh it's gonna really date me was ernest tubb at the brady theater okay with uh See, and all Kenny Price was was one of the guests. It was, it was a, kind of a uh, traveling roadshow thing, and uh, but yeah, that was that was that was my very first concert that I recall. It, it counts. It counts. It counts. It's not up there with Elmo Live on Ice, <laughs> but it was it was impressive. So, well, um, we're doing this uh, as Valentine's Day approaches, and. Um, in the Tulsa world, uh, we have a roundup of uh, restaurants that are going to be offering special dinners. Monday is is Valentine's Day, and that's usually a day when restaurants are, a lot of restaurants are closed, but a lot of them are opening up special hours for special dinners. And Grace, you have a list of uh, not necessarily dinner-oriented things that one might do with one's significant or insignificant other, as the case may be. Yes, um, there's a lot of really fun like activities and events going on for Valentine's Day. Um, one thing I actually found that I thought was hilarious and very cute was the Oklahoma Wildlife Ranch is offering a service where you can surprise your Valentine with a de-scented skunk that will be delivered on their doorstep with a sign reading, I love you so stinking much. <laughs> which I just thought was amazing and I really want to do that and fun fact I didn't actually realize this but the Oklahoma Wildlife Ranch has baby skunks for sale every spring so if your valentine is especially taken with the skunk that visits them on valentine's day they can actually go online and see about ordering a baby skunk for themselves <laughs> so I thought that was quite remarkable 
suddenly all those Pepe Le Pew cartoons make sense now, don't <laughs> yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh dear. One's Valentine would probably need to have a grand sense of humor for that <laughs> to work otherwise, anyway. I, I can't resist the heart-shaped pizzas, even though they taste exactly the same as the regular pizza. Like oh. some pepperonis on a heart-shaped pizza, and you know, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah, it's mean, better. That's that's hard. It, it, it's hard. It's hard to hard to argue with with, with, with pizza in any form. Although, um, if you are uh, of of a mind for dessert, we'll be doing a review of a new place in the Greenwood neighborhood called Cobbler Mom um, that specializes in uh, cobbler, but they also have a small uh, menu of uh, things ranging from uh, turkey burgers to beans and cornbread and collard greens uh, and four or five different sorts of cobbler all available. And we'll 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 let you know about that in, in, in the coming days. So that, that sounds amazing. But I, I have a question. Is I hope I have an answer. Between a cobbler and a pie, the shape of the pan? Or is there more to a cobbler than just the it's a different shape than the pie? Cobbler usually means that the crust is on the top. Oh. And the food is all underneath, whereas a pie implies the crust is on the bottom. Gotcha. And I just plucked that out of so the So cobbler greater than pie is, is what it should be because you get two crusts. It depends on the pie. Yeah. Not every pie has a crust on the top. Yeah, you wouldn't want another crust on a coconut cream pie. No, no. Or a pecan pie. Yeah. Or a pecan pie. I mean, that's the whole point of it anyway. So we will, we will, we will investigate this as, as, as we get closer to the time. I um, want to thank you all for uh, listening to us and watching us. This, uh, the stories that we write about will be uh, available uh, in issues of the Tulsa World, available at fine retailers everywhere and also online at tulsaworld.com. And the podcast version of this video will be available at um, Spotify, uh, Google, Apple, Peaches, Chair. No, I'm sorry, that's the comments. Um, on Apple and other places where you might select your pods. So, so on behalf of uh, Jimmy Trammell and Grace Wood, we want to thank you all for listening and we will gladly see you later. Dave. Bye. For more information, you can visit TulsaWorld.com.